stand you up in times like this. Amen. We're so thankful for her worship. The day that you've given us, Lord. Lord, it wasn't promised to us, but we're here. And it's only because of your goodness and your grace, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. We take nothing for granted. Every breath that we breathe is a gift from you, God. Lord, and we give you the glory for it right now. Lord, we say, have your way, Lord. As we look into your word this morning, God, move me out of the way, God. Lord, the things that you've given me to speak, God, and even more that you desire to come for, Lord, let it be. Lord, I pray for the hearts, Lord, to hear, Lord, for fertile ground to hear and to receive, God. Lord, and that we would apply, God, that we would look into our own selves, Lord, not to the left or to the right, God, but standing is me, God, it's me standing in the need of prayer. Hallelujah. So we ask you, Lord, to let your word penetrate and let it be fruitful. Let it produce in our lives, God, as we draw nearer to you. Lord, our relationship with you, God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Amen. Again, it's good to be here. Amen. Another beautiful day. Amen. Amen. We're praying these days will just continue. I know we're in fall now, y'all, but we can still we can still have some more sunshine, sunshiny days. Because, you know, one thing uh, sometimes we fail to recognize, you know, when it's cloudy or rainy, the sun's still shining. Amen. Every the sun shines every day without fail. Amen. It's just the clouds can kind of obscure. Amen. Us being able to see it and receive all them nice warm rays, but it's still up there. If you get on an airplane and you go above the clouds, guess what? It's a sunny day. Amen. So sometimes when we're feeling that in our spirit gloomy, just remember that the S O N is still with you. Amen. And you just got to look above the situation, above the clouds, and he's still shining upon you. Amen. He's always there. Amen. And we thank God for that. But, you know, as I think about the goodness of God, just just stop for a minute and think how good God is to us. Amen. Amen. You know, I like how Pastor Sam says, better than I deserve. You know, because a lot of times I know that God has blessed me in places that I didn't even deserve it. How about you? Amen. That's just because he's so good. Amen. When we're, you know, in our own mind and in our own way and doing our own thing. And he's still there watching over us. He's still there blessing us. Amen. And giving us strength. And that's why I can't but help serving with all my strength, with all that I am. Amen. It's just, you know, what, what can we withhold from him when he's given us so, so very much? Amen. Just think about his goodness. You know, there's so many things that are in our hearts and you know, come against us and, and can can burden our minds, and then we get in the, into this soulless shelf that we are. You know, that's why he came to save these souls, because the soul is a messed up thing. Amen. We can we can just get all miscombobulated with the things of this world and this life and all these things. Amen. That cause us to serve self. Y'all know what that is, right? Living a self-serving life is serving yourself. Amen. It's not serving God. Amen. So he wants us to get to a place, amen, as we live our lives, amen, that we can do it in a way that glorifies him. Amen. But it's so easy, and we all know it. It's easy to be affected by the cares and the affairs of this life. Amen. Because what? Those are things we see. Those are things we got to deal with every day. It's in our face. Amen. It's coming at us. And, And how do we deal with it? How do we fortify ourselves, amen, and still have room for God. Because life can crowd God out if we're not intentional about continuing to make room for God. You know how when you went to the inn and there was no room in the inn? 
We don't want him, amen, to come tapping on our shoulder and there's no room in our heart. Amen. But we want to make sure that we, there's room for God, the things that he desires to do in us and for us. Amen. Just to be in relationship with God, that should be more than enough. You know, I, you know we should be able to be in a place that we can say, if God never does another thing for me, he's already done enough. I think that's how it ends in the, the, the Gospel of John, you know, basically saying he's already done enough, amen, for us to be saved, for us to love him and serve him all the days of our life. The Lord must have room, amen, even in all our choices that we make every day, amen. As Pastor Lynn just went through that two-part message, amen, about the, the, the choices, how we make choices. You know, changing the way we make choices. You know, and I, you know, as I was, I was just contemplating and reflecting on those messages, you know, and you know, in my mind, I I could see three. It even bears out in Scripture. There's three basic ways that we all make our choices. You know, say changing the ways that we make the choice. Amen. But there's three basic ways that we make choices. The first choice, the first thing that we use to, to make our choices, can use. Let me say it like that is based on the culture, the, based on the, the world's way of doing things. And we can choose to follow the standards and the ways and the options that the world has before us. Amen. That's the, one, of the, one of the ways that we can choose to make choices. The second thing I looked at is how we feel about it. Our way. You know, you know, we look at our own based on our own feelings, our understandings, our desires. Amen. In other words, our way of doing things. Amen. We can make our choices based on that. And number three, which is, should be pretty obvious, is based on the word of God and the leading of his spirit and making our choices based on God's way of doing things. And remember, this is not a multiple choice thing. You know, because there's only one right answer of the three, amen. For a child of God, there's only one right answer. That's based on making our choices based on the Word of God, His Spirit leading us, amen. In other words, God's way of doing things. Not the world's way of doing things, not David's way or your way. Put your name in there. But God's way of doing things. That's the only one that's going to get us any points with the Master. Isn't that right? Amen. So, you know, needless to say, we got to make sure that, you know, sometimes you, you get to those, those questions. We've all taken a multiple choice test, right? Uh -huh. yes. And, and sometimes they have on there, you can choose one or two, A and B. You know, it might be one of your multiples or at the bottom it might say all of the above. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just check all of the above? We can do it according to the world, according to my thinking, and, and according no, it don't work like that. There is no all above choice in that equation. How do we make our choices? It's got to be based on him. You know, I, my last message that I spoke, amen, was dealing with what? Who remembers? My goodness. I'm giving y'all a minute to think. Uh-oh, somebody said it. All things. All things. All things. He said, oh, that's right. I hope I remember. You know, but all things, it was the last message that I, you know, talked about it. All things. And then she came and she gave us a couple of great messages, powerful messages about how we make our choices. But 
if all things, if we really believe and understand and we look at Scripture, the fact that God is in control, has the final say, the final authority in all things, amen, then there shouldn't be no problem with trusting him. Right? Shouldn't be no problem, amen, in, in allowing God to be in control of all the things, amen, because literally, you know, there should be nothing in our lives we couldn't believe God for, amen, because we know, you know, as it says, all things work together, and some of the things that work together don't feel good, right? Some of the things, I know some of the things that I went through in my life, and I'm sure you went through in your life, you would not have wanted to go through. But when we look back on those things, we find that those things helped us. Amen. They grew us. They strengthened us. Amen. They, they helped to develop character in us. They brought about positive change. Amen. You know, uh, you know we, we got to realize that just because we go through a negative temporary situation, God uses those situations to bring positive permanent change in our lives. But if we don't go through those temporary situations, we don't get to that permanent change. Isn't that right? Amen. So he's using things, amen, to bring us to a place that we can grow. You know, and the, the issue is, is that and not in all cases do, the, does the church. And when I say the church, I'm talking about the church at large, amen. Not in all cases do we trust God that way. Amen. A lot of times, amen, we... We have our own mind and our own will and our own desire and we don't trust God like we need to because of this or because of that or the other thing. You know, and, and I'm speaking from experience, amen, over 33 years in ministry, the last 29 years as a senior pastor, I've seen a few things. Amen. I think I've talked to a few people, and, you know, and based even on my own experience, amen, that we don't always trust God like we need to. Amen. And that's something that we have to individually work on and get to a place of believing, amen. I don't, you know, it, it, because, you know, we get caught up and there's a lot of people that love God, amen. But yet we've gotten to a place that we don't hold God in the number one spot in our lives. You love him, but there's other priorities, there's other things, amen, other feelings and beliefs or desires that, that, without hesitation sometimes, we'll choose those things above God. Amen. Because, you know, you still love God. But this thing's got a stronghold. It's something that's got a hold of your heart, your mind, your, your, your thought life, or whatever it is, amen, that's causing us not to put him on the throne and leave him there. Amen. Sometimes it might be myself. You know, we put ourselves on the throne. I just want to do what I just want to do when I want to do it. I don't want nobody telling me nothing that I can't do. But remember, you know where you own. You bought with a price. You gave your life to God. You know, we, we used to call it, as kids, we would call it when we give something and we take it back. Indian givers. See, we all know Indian givers. We got any Indians in here? Indian givers? In here? <laughs> I would hope, amen, that we... Don't treat God that way. Isn't that right? But as bad as it sounds, sometimes we do. Amen. And we say these things, amen. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, but that's just reality. Amen. That's life. You know, it'd be, you know, crazy to come in and say, oh, we, we, we give our life to God and everything is uphill from there. 
That would be wonderful. But we still got to battle this flesh. We still got to navigate through this world. Amen. And all the, the pressures and the temptations and all those things. Amen. That come against us. So today my message is going to be real simple. Titled with one word. What? Just ask yourself, what? And say, what are you talking about, Pastor? That's another question. What? What is it? Because we all have that it, you know, or, or maybe we've had that it and got over it, but what? Huh? I mean, you ever ask anybody just come up to you, you looking at them and they look at you like, what? What you looking at? You know, what? It's, it's a one-word inquiry. One-word inquiry. That when it comes to God, is a very heavy question. You know, I believe in one place they say, what would I do with Jesus? So I asked us that question. What you going to do with Jesus? Have you really decided yet? Have you really thought about it yet? You know, as I rehearsed this, this, this conversation in my mind, you know, that Jesus had with this, this young man that came to him. Man, Jesus had just finished talking, amen, teaching about divorce and teaching about, you know, blessing the children, the little children that came to him. And then it says this young man came to him, amen. And the other gospel, he says he was a rich young ruler. But we want to look at Matthew 19, 16 through 26. It says this, and behold, one came and said unto him, good master. What good thing shall I do? That's a, that's a good question. He said, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. So he answers his question and then the young man says this to him. He says, he said unto him, which? Now, you know, he said, keep the commandments. Now, he asked him, which? See, remember, his question was, what good thing? Singular. Now, the answer was plural. He gave him one thing to do, keep the commandments, which encompasses a lot of things. You see, so he's trying to narrow it down to one little thing that I need to do, right. you know. So Jesus tells him, keep the commandments, you know, and, and we know there was 10 given and there had been many more since then added by the scribes and the Pharisees and, you know, Levites. But we're looking, he says, he's still trying to narrow him down to that one thing, which, and Jesus entertains the conversation and he says, Jesus said, thou shalt not do, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear a false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now notice he gave him six things to do. He didn't mention any of them that concerned the God. The first four. But he's just dealing with him on the things that deal with people. And for a lot of us, that's more than enough. Right? Because if you don't know how to deal with people, you're going to have a problem really dealing with God. But you need them to get to know how to deal with God because he's going to help you deal with people. 
Just so he, he's, he's giving him just the, the baser of the Ten Commandments because the greater is honoring God, obviously. Yeah. You know, so he, he gives him these things and says, The young man said unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up. What? There's that what again. He's trying to get to that one thing. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect. Perfect. Now, can't nobody be perfect, Amen. right? You know, that's, that's, that's a whole nother message. You know, I don't want to hang out there too long. But in other words, what he's saying, if, if, you know, because when you look at the, the, the Greek and all that, it, it, what he's really saying, is be complete, get it all together. Right? But he's saying, if, if you'll be perfect, <laughs> if, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. That's a problem. Right? Now, I'm talking to any of us in here. Lord just came to you and told you, go sell everything you have and give it away. Give away the profits, give away all the money, and come and follow me, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Any takers? Y'all thinking about it, right? But it says when he when he told him this, he said, but when he the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Hardly. Now now I don't want us to get stuck on the rich man and his riches just dealing with money. See, because I'm, I'm going to help us a little bit this morning. Is that all right? See, sometimes we rich in pride. Sometimes we rich in friendships. We rich in our own mind and our own decisions and our own desires and we, everything is going in our life. It may not be, you know, your riches may not be financial, but, you know, we can, we can be puffed up in a whole lot of places that we don't want to let go. And if God said, turn your back on that thing that you're holding on to the most, whatever it might be, would you be like the rich young ruler who turns away, turns his back on God and walks away? question. I can't answer it for you. I got to answer it for me. Right? I can only answer it for me. But I can provoke us to think what? What? Just ask yourself right now. What would it be that God would say walk away from? Give you a minute to digest that. Or maybe, what would it be that God is saying, this is what I want you to do now. This is what I want you to change. So what? That's a big question. And it can be applied in so many places and areas in our lives and our walk with God, amen, every day, amen, in our marriages, amen, and, you know, our, how we do our work on our job. You know, all these things, amen, we, have, we must consider, amen, what they would be. But he went away, 
Amen. Because he said he had great possessions. And what are we possessing that's so great? Mm. Then said Jesus, you know, like I said, he said to his disciples, it's hard for a rich man. It's hard for someone that's holding on to so much, so, you know, a, a load. And then he goes on to say, and again, he said, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceeding amazed. They were exceedingly amazed. Like, wow, what? Then look, look what they said. Who then can be saved? Who can be saved? You know, because this is a, a, a paradox. Especially when, you know, if we're saying God wants you to have all this and all that and the other thing, but he said, let it all go to serve me. You know, it can be a paradox, man, if, if we, you know, if we are only coming at the gospel from prosperity. But he's telling this young man to turn away from his prosperity. That can be difficult to understand. You know, but they're looking at this. How can a camel pass through the eye of a needle? You know, some, there's, there's a lot of debate. I look at the different commentaries again on that topic. Amen. Some say it's, really, it's just a, a, a proverbial saying. The actual saying is it's easier for an elephant. But because the camel was the largest animal that they had, he used the camel. You know, but others say, well, it's because when the large gates of the city are closed, Amen. Because of siege or, you know, certain things. Amen. They had a smaller little door that was low and small that they would open that gate within the big gate. And you would have to duck in order to get in that gate. And that was called the eye of the needle. And even for the, now this is the point that I really liked. Amen. He said, even for the camel to get through the eye of the needle, they had to do two things. They had to take off his load (laughs) and leave it outside. And then the camel would have to get on his knees and shuffle through. See, so what's the Lord telling us in that proverb? Hmm? Get rid of your load. Leave it outside and get on your knees and enter into the kingdom. See, See, so either way you look at it, it helps us to know that some things you can't take in in, in order to get on your knees. You got to leave your pride and you got to humble yourself in order to come into the kingdom of God. And if you do not really let go of that load and humble yourself, you cannot get in. Period. And you can stay out there and let the enemy have his way with you. Amen. Because you ain't getting in the kingdom. Walking straight up, carrying your load, and saying, here I am. It's time, amen, for us to recognize what is it that you need to let go? What is it that keeps you from humbling yourself to get in the gate? Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. What is it that is so great? Hmm. But look what he said in the 26th verse. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. In other words, doing it man's way 
It ain't going to happen. The rich man can't make it. But with God, God can do it. God can bring you in. Amen. Because God can humble you. God can work on you. God can strengthen you. God can align your life and your thoughts according to his purpose and his will. So what he's letting them know, it's not impossible. But in order to do it, you got to have God on board. You know, there's, there's a lot more in that passage that I could unpack, but I don't have time to, to go there because we got to cover a little bit more ground. But I want us to get this, you know, he said, what good thing? Wouldn't it be nice if we could just check one box and we good to go? But there's always something else, isn't it? Always something else that God wants to pull out of us. Amen. Something, you know, can you imagine if the, the day you got saved, that God just dumped the whole list of changes that you needed to make on you at one time? How many of us would have ran? <laughs> she said she did. You know. But think about it. If, if he just tried to do it all at one time, work on us and do all the work that needed to be done at one time. But I love how God does it. At least I know how he did it in my life. It was in stages. Bit by bit. You know, helping me to let go of this and then give me enough strength so that when he dropped the next load on me, I was able to take that too and let that go. See, so he does it in stages, amen. Because he knows that if I, if I were to ask this boy to give up everything and do everything and change all this all at once, he'd probably never grace the door of a church again. That's just reality. So God knows how to work on his children, amen. He knows how to help us, amen, to come. But even when he told him to keep the commandments, wow, that's a challenge in itself, isn't that right? You know, especially the last one, when he added one of the new commandments, love thy neighbor as thyself. Like, okay. Sometimes your neighbor gets on your nerves. Who's your neighbor? I always like to ask that question. Who's your neighbor? Everybody on the planet. We're all neighbors on planet Earth. So what he's telling you is to love your neighbor no matter where, who they are, where they come from, what they look like. Amen. They're your neighbor. And he's telling you to love them. I mean, the, the, like Pastor Linda was saying, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly ones. Amen. And some people can act real ugly. Amen. He said, love them. Love them. Love them. Love them. Now, see, when he, in Scripture, when he's talking about your brother, he's talking about those that are in Christ, your brother, your sister. But neighbor includes everybody. Amen. amen? So we look at this thing, amen. So, you know, as I approach this topic of what, there's one passage of Scripture that kept running through my mind. And it doesn't even start off with what. It starts off with who. But as you look at this Scripture, let's go over there to Romans 8.35. And it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So suffering, and this I'm reading out of the Amplified. I like the way the Amplified kind of laid it out. Amen. But it says, shall suffering and affliction and tribulation or calamity and distress or persecution or hunger or destitution or peril or sword. He said, even as it is written, 
for thy sake we are put to death all the day long and are regarded and counted as sheep for the slaughter. He said, shall any of these things, those ten things we just read, shall they separate you? But, you know, when you look at it, it says who, but then it starts talking about what? Right? He didn't talk about no people. But, see, some of these things are, are what people will do to you will cause you to go through but it's still things amen so you got to look and say what any of these things that he said all the day long we're we're counted as sheep for the slaughter just like jesus was led to the cross as a sheep that didn't open his mouth amen why he said that all the day long we are here to be sacrificed for the goodness you know nobody wants to suffer wrong for the wrong reasons right but the scripture tells us that we should be willing to suffer wrong for righteousness sake. So even when they're doing you wrong, you still want to do the right thing. Let's, let's look at what else he says here. 37, he says, yet amid all these things, we are what? More than conquerors and gain a surpassing victory through him who loves us. In other words, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. I got more than a, a, a victory through Christ. For I am, now look what he says, I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Are we persuaded? And he said, beyond, first we got to get persuaded before we can get beyond the doubt. Am I persuaded he's in my corner? Am I persuaded, amen, that the gospel is true? Am I persuaded that God loves me and he'll make ways for me? Am I persuaded, amen, that no matter where I am, he's there with me? Am I persuaded? And then he says, beyond a doubt, am sure that neither death nor life, in other words, death, you feel like you dying sometimes. And sometimes when life comes and everything is good, even when everything is good, he, he's letting us know, I'm not going to, he says, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things impending or threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else. Anything else. In other words, I can't name it all, but let's just throw that in there. Anything else. In all creation. We'll be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. And, you know, I, I, I want us to look at what he says. We'll be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to say this, and I really want to mean, I mean what I'm about to say. No matter where you are. No matter what you're doing, God still loves you. All those things that all the things that we might conjure up, find ourselves in the middle of. God still loves you. The question is. Will those things that we're in cause us not to love him? Cause us to separate ourselves from him. Because remember what he told the, the, the young ruler. Said, if you're going to enter in, do what? If you're going to enter into life, what did he tell him? Keep the commandments. And in the scripture, he also tells us, amen, that if you love me, 
keep the commandments. So in other words, God is saying, you can demonstrate your love to me by your obedience to my word. That's how we demonstrate. It's just not lip service. You know, if I could just tell a pastor, I love you, I love you, I love you, but I never do nothing to show it. And my actions, you know, so something different. Would she feel very loved? I don't speak to her. I up and leave and go and do things without her all by myself. And, you know, don't tell her where I'm at or what I'm doing. And when she asks me what's going on, none of your business. But I love you, girl. That wouldn't be a very healthy relationship, would it? Not at all. But, you know, that's how many times we treat God. I'm just being real today. Is that all right? You know, because what is it? What? What is it that's so great, so important, that's greater than that relationship with him? What? What? I, I always say this, that there is nothing, no sin that you have to do. Just think about it. That I just have to do it. I don't have a choice. And I've asked people, if you can think of one thing where you don't have a choice that you have to do, please tell me so I don't make that false statement anymore. But it's more or less you want to. Now, now see, and when I say that, I'm talking about by your own choice. Right? Because people have been put in situations where they've been forced to do th- forced right, right, to right. do things. You know, but I'm talking about that you just you have the choice. And I just have to lie. I'm gonna lose my job. Lose the job and stay in right standing with God. Okay, I'm talking I'm just 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 cut it to the chase, okay? You don't have to violate his word. It's always a choice, and that choice is usually driven by something internally, something that, that, that's in, in us that we need to let go of. Amen. Something that we need to recognize that, you know what, this is separating me from God, or I'm putting this ahead of God or above God. Amen. So he's talking about, no, I, I don't have to do these things. Amen. I mean, if I, I look at that passage, all those things, 20 or so different things that we say we will not, he said, I, I will not separate me from the love of God. Amen. So it's, it's our choice when it really comes down to it. Amen. It's, it's not what happens to us because I say even a lot of those things that we read in, in, in this passage there is what things people do to us. But God is not judging us based on what people do to us. And you're not going to be able to go and say, well, he did this and she did that. And No, he's looking at how we respond to what's done to us. See, again, choice. He slapped me and I'm supposed to just, the Bible said, turn the other cheek. But wait a minute. I'm waiting. In other words, whatever it takes, they take your coat, what does it tell you? Giving your cloak also. They force you to go one mile. Just go on and go two to show them that you still got your, you know, a choice or decision that you can make. 
right? See, I mean, this is scripture. I'm not making this stuff up. But it's right there, amen. So we got to begin to look and say, what, 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 what is it in my life or in your life that's so great or so needful for this flesh that I can't obey God, that I can't do it his way? Mm. You know, sometimes we say, for Christ I live, for Christ I die. But when the pressure comes, Help, help, that's right. Help us, Lord. We need your help. Mm -hmm. We got to make up in our minds, amen, that we're going to do it God's way. Amen. Let's take a look. I mean, how my time doing? Let's take a look at one soul that I don't think any of us would would choose or would have chosen to trade places with even now. I think I think I would rather take Joe's place than the one I'm about to talk. But all the hey, Joe retained his integrity. I'll take his place. And after he retained his integrity, he got double of everything he lost. So Joe went through, and that's what I'm saying. We can go through, and God will reward you. Job's a good example of doing it his way. But let's look at Judas Iscariot. Anybody want to take his place? <laughs> okay, now you get it, amen. But you know, because he 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 did something that you know somebody had to do it, right? Somebody had to do it. You know, just, just think about it, amen. But we look at his uh, look at, at Judas, amen. He was one of the original twelve, and even Jesus, when they were at the Lord at the supper, he said, "Haven't I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil." So Jesus knew what he was doing. He knew who he was choosing. You know, it wasn't, it, wasn't, it didn't, oh, you wouldn't do that, Judas. No, not at all. So, but just think about what must have been going through Judas's mind. You know, let's look at Matthew 26, 14. It said, then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priest and said unto them, what will you give me? Uh, what? what will you give me? What will the world give you? What is the world offering you? And I will deliver him unto you. What? And they covenant together. <laughs> oh, help me, Lord. <laughs> covenant, contract. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, hear this statement. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Wow. He was looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. And I, 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 I have to ask us, what is it that's hanging out there? That low-hanging fruit that the enemy is offering you. That you're looking for the opportunity. You know, I, I, we've had people over the years leave the church, and I, I always look and say, they were just looking for an opportunity to leave. You know, and, and they found one. Yes, Amen. Amen. So, so they could leave feeling like it wasn't their fault, and they could say this, that, or the other, but... They chose to leave long before they walked out the door. 
But what is it that's hanging out there that the world is offering us? That we'll covenant with the world and covenant with things that don't line up with God's purpose and for our life and our callings. That we would look for the opportunity from that time forward. It looked good, but I can't leave now because it would look kind of crazy. So um, just give me the right time, the right circumstance, the right situation, and I'm going to grab it. And I'm going to betray him. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to do it my way. From that time forward, when they met his price, what's your price? What's my price? Hmm. What? What? I want us to think about what? Say, I love you, Jesus, but what? What could it be that he could offer you? Well, she looked kind of good. What? Help us, Lord. You must wonder. I must wonder. What is the price? You know, it's not that Judas hated Jesus. Judas loved Jesus. I believe he, I, I truly believe Judas loved Jesus. But Judas had his, in his mind how things should go. And Jesus was taking too long. You know, it was taking too long. And Judas was, look, if I could just, because I know he said we're going to establish our kingdom. So if I just put him in a position to where he's got to take action and they arrest him, he'll rise up. Amen. And we'll overthrow the Romans and we'll be able to establish the Jewish kingdom. And I'll be able to be a part of his cabinet and serve and rule right alongside him. He had it all worked out, I would imagine, in his mind. But that was his plan. You know, when Jesus told them many things, they talk about the here and the now. They thought about the here and the now and the natural, but Jesus was talking spiritual. When he told them, if you, if you destroy this temple, it'll be destroyed in three days. He was talking about spiritual. They were thinking about how are you going to tear down this temple in three days and, re, and, and rebuild it. You know? So there's so many times, and this was one of those times, Judas was thinking carnally about the kingdom, about the establishing and all those things. But Jesus was talking spiritual all the while. So Jesus, Judas had in his mind, amen, and, and when we, he launched his plan, and the plan failed. Jesus didn't rise up. Jesus humbled himself all the way to the cross. And Judas realized that I blew it. I messed up. And the scripture said when he couldn't find a place for repentance, he went out and hanged himself. So the, the reality is the minute he accepted the 30 pieces of silver, he hung himself. It was over, amen, because he had already launched his plan. And sometimes we don't realize we launched our plan because we want to help God along. We want to help God to get this thing done. We want to help God to fix this situation I'm in, amen. So we begin to try to manipulate things. To accelerate to the result that we desire. Am I talking to anybody this morning? And, and, and see, we find out that all of a sudden, that wasn't God's way of doing it. 
but I've already sold out for 30 pieces of silver. Anybody in here sold out for 30 pieces of silver? You know, the, the sad thing is, and this is why I know Jesus, Judas wasn't trying to do something crazy, amen, is because after he saw what happened, he went back to the chief priest, amen, to try to give the money back. But they didn't want to accept it, so he just left it there, and, then, and, and, and they bought a potter's field with the money. What's a potter's field? That's where they would bury the people who died that no one claimed. You know, so it was, it was because they couldn't put it back in the treasury because it was blood money. So they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't receive it back. You know, so what am I saying? Have we received some blood money? I'm just saying, if we're not doing it God's way, we're doing it our way, amen, and we're selling out. We're selling out our, our, our relationship. We're selling out the righteousness he wants to work in us. We're selling out all these things, amen, for what this world has to offer. And the world is offering you blood money. You know, Jesus paid a price for your soul and mine. I mean, because think about it. What is, what is, what is it? Let's, let's see what this, this, this passage says. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get done here. Amen. Because I, I believe that we need to understand something. Sometimes we choose the lesser path instead of going through the difficulty of the better path. And we need to make up in our minds that, you know, if this is what it takes, I'm willing to do what it takes. I'm willing to go through what I need to go through. Amen. Because why? God knows best. You know, they used to have a show back, back when I was a kid. What was it? Pastor Linda, remember, Father knows best. Amen. But this is God knows best for you. I know some of y'all don't remember that show. It was before y'all time. Amen. It's, it's, all right. it's all right. It's all right. A lot of things y'all young people don't. It's, it's okay. It's okay. But God knows best for you and for me. You know, and what is the price of your soul? You know, God valued our soul so much when no one else could pay the price. He took on that body of flesh and came down in the person of Jesus Christ and went to the cross and paid the price that nobody else could pay. Nobody else could pay. You know, so when we sell out, you know, what is it that we choose to sell out for? You know, because I'm looking at Matthew, let's look at Matthew 16 and 26. It says this, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world, get all the things you desire, all the things you're chasing after, all the things that's being offered to you, if you gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What? What? It says it again in Mark 8 and 36. For what shall it profit a man? Same words. They had to reiterate it. If he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul. You know, if God paid such a high ransom, and all we got to do is accept the ransom that he paid for us, to ransom us from a devil's hell. 
And then we turn around and sell out for pennies on the dollar. The devil been getting souls on the cheap for a long time. I'm just being real. Hey man, he, he getting bargain basement prices for your soul. Some of y'all don't even know what the bargain basement is. You know, you just go to the <laughs> department stores and they take all the bargains, all the stuff that's on sale that's been around. They're trying to get rid of it. They put it down in the basement. So you go, you go to the bargain basement, amen, and get stuff. Is your soul in the bargain basement? What? I want us to think about what, what, what is soul? Strongly pulling or drawing you or me or those online. Should be nothing greater than Christ. Nothing. You know, there's too many things, amen. Too many, too many, too many souls, amen. Too many people being snared, amen. Even when it comes to the gospel being preached. You know, and, and we, hear, we hear a lot about grace these days. And grace is good. Amen. Look at John 1, 17. It says this, for while the law was given through Moses, grace, unearned, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing. And see, this is the part they leave out. And truth came through Jesus Christ. See, when you preach grace, you got to preach truth with it. And the truth is, we serve a sovereign God. The truth is, he said, no sin is going to enter into heaven. No matter how much grace is meted out, we still got to live right. And he's given us grace to be able to change grace and to be able to turn away from those things. Grace, amen, because we can't earn his favor. We can't earn these things. We can't earn salvation. But grace says, because he gave me so much love, amen, I surrender everything to him. Help us, Lord. Romans 1 and 2 says this in the sixth chapter. Because grace said, well, I've heard people say, well, when you've come to him, you don't need to, you repent it once, you don't need to repent no more. Huh? I mean, I can sin and sin and sin and I don't have to repent now. I think another place here, if you sin, you have an advocate. He didn't say, if you sin, it's okay, you already gave your life to me. No, he says an advocate, now you can go. But what did he say here in this chapter in the Amplified? It said, what shall we say then to all this? Are we to remain in sin in order that God's grace, favor, and mercy may multiply and overflow? Certainly not. How can we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? You know, you can't, you can't. Not. And so we got to say, what is it that's so... So powerful, so so alluring. Amen. We drop down to the 15th verse in that same chapter. He says, what then? Shall we sin? Because we're not under the law, but under grace? Simply said, God forbid. He forbids it. 
If God forbids it, that means it's not okay. Well, Pastor David just said it. It might be something that you want. Think about But God said it. Then in the 21st verse, he said, What fruit have ye then in those things wherein ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. In other words, there's no fruit coming out of those things that God said don't do. Operate in those places that there's no fruit. I mean, he said we ought to be ashamed of those things. Lord, forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me for the choices I've made. And help me to make the right choices. As I understand what it is that's separating me from you. What is it that will keep me from being able to spend eternity with you? Which is your whole goal and scheme, amen, a desire, amen, that we come into alignment with his will. You know, even the way we, we handle our, I see some people are going to like this part, even in the way we handle our body, how we take care of it, what we put in it, Amen. What we do with it. Amen. Come on. Don't, don't go over there, Pastor David. No, what we do with it. Child of God. Amen. We need to bring ourselves into alignment with God's purpose and God's will. You see, y'all would have got this last week, but Pastor Linda had to finish up. No, I don't tell you that. I told, I told her to finish up her message. You know, but... Uh, but we need to align. See, your body is not yours. Don't pinch yourself. You feel it, amen, but it is not yours. Huh? You're supposed to use that vessel that God gave you for his glory. Amen? Good First Corinthians nine. I'm almost done. I'm gonna leave. You. I'm gonna stop bothering you. I'm gonna leave you all alone. Amen. But First Corinthians six nineteen says this. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? Hello. He said, "What? Don't you know your body?" He said, "Ah." Oh. Which you have of God. God gave you the Holy Spirit in your body. And he says, and ye are not your own. What? So what you been doing? What you been, how you been treating it? What you been putting in it? Help us, Lord. All things, you see, as a child of God, we have no escape. That's like God gave you the company car. And it says, you know how they say that little small writing on the side of the company car? Say it again. For official use only. So God gave you the company car. And he said for... Spiritual use only. 
if we if we just get our mind wrapped around it, I mean everything. Yes, according to the word. Yes, you're His. It's His. What you do needs to be cleared by Him. In other words, when you get the company car, you can't go grocery shopping with the company car. That's not, you can't take the kids to the park in the company car. Hello? I ain't going to get more graphic than that, but hello? It's the company car. Oh, help us, Lord. Mm-hmm. I got one more place I just got to touch on, and I'm going to be done. You know, to share with us, you know, because on the day of Pentecost, when this first day of the church, amen, after Jesus was crucified, and they obeyed him and went up to the upper room and waited to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. You know, and it says the Holy Spirit fell and filled the room, amen, and there was 120 of them up in the room. And so after this, all people of all nations had gathered around and gathered together. And, you know, when they began to speak in tongues, the scripture tells us that, you know, you know, some doubted, wondered what was going on and said, these men must be drunk. But they was corrected. Peter stood up and said, no, these ain't drunk. And he began to preach the first message to the New Testament church, the, the newly formed New Testament church. And he said these words, amen, in, in the, as he was in summation to his, his message in Acts 2, 36 to 38. You know, because he had told them how they had crucified Christ and all the things they did. You know, he said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely, in other words, know for sure, that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, hear their response. He said, now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. In other words, they were cut to the heart. They were convicted. And said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's a good what. Because their hearts are molded. Their hearts are ready for. He said, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, he said, when you come to me, amen, he's going to bless you with his spirit, amen, and then what you do with it? But he said, what shall we do? Mm. And if you've been bowing and yielding to the other what's, if you through this message, amen, and maybe on down the road, figure out what it is that's so, so large or so drawing or so attractive. Or, this is the what you need to follow. What must I do? What must I do? And he's saying the first thing he told them was to repent. That's what we need to do. When you realize the other what's that's causing or separating, he said, repent. If you've already been baptized, amen, or need to be baptized, we can handle that. But he says, give it back to him. 
come back to him. Give your all to him. You see, because it ain't just those, and I'm going to say this clearly, it's not just those who have walked away or, or those who are obviously in this place or that place. But even sometimes we, we come in the church and we, we try to put all the checks in all the right boxes, but we live in undercover in some place, one place or another in our lives. And we don't think anybody knows, and maybe they don't know. But I guarantee you, God does know. So you need to ask yourself even then, what do I need to do? Say, Father, I'm sorry. Let's stand. Lord, I'm sorry. That's what we need to do. I I pray that we've received the word of you. And that we understand that God loves us. But God wants With us. Nothing, I surrender. All of us. Not, not I part of us. Not halfway. To you. But he wants us to be 100% everything, given over to him. That there is no what in this world that would separate us from him. Separate our, 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 our commitment. Our love. Withholding nothing, I surrender. I surrender. So if you're here this morning, and there's some things that you're struggling with, I invite you to come to the altar and lay them down before the Lord. Everything. I invite you to come and say, Lord, here, God, to surrender. I come to surrender my what to you right now. I don't know what it is. I don't need to know what it is. But God wants you to surrender it to Him. Withholding nothing. What is it? Say, I surrender. I surrender to you. And as a child of God, as his children, we have to continue, continue, continue to search our hearts and to run everything before him before we let it become great in us. Withholding nothing. What is it? Withholding nothing. I'm withholding nothing. What is it? Withholding nothing. Lord, I'm withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Thank you. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. We call upon you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That matchless name, God. That name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, your word says, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that you are Lord. Lord, help us to bow now. Help us to confess now, Lord. Help us to accept you now, Lord, and to lay aside those things Whatever they might be, I said, whatever they might be that have caused the separation in any way, at any degree, between me and you, God. Help us, God, to get back into that relationship. Help us to gain the relationship that nothing can separate. No matter what it might be, in me, around me, for me. Nothing. King Jesus, my Savior, my Savior, Father, I 
offering flows that are called into this altar. And I say, let your will be done, God. Let your will be done in them, Lord Jesus, because they stepped out, Lord. They've recognized in themselves, Lord, that they may be or there is things, God, that have separated, that have separated, Lord, that have been bigger than you, been more important to you than you, God, more desirable than you, God. More important, Lord, but we come right now to lay those things down before all you. May belong to you. We come to surrender I those things before you. And Father, I pray for those that, that may be yet at their seats, God, but there's things that they know, they know, they know, God, but they're not willing to let go, God. Break the follow ground, God. Break it, Lord Jesus. Lord, and set the captives free, God. Those even online, God, set the captives free. Those who've been captivated by the cares and the affairs, God, that interfere with their relationship, interfere, Lord, with their commitment, interfere, God, with their righteous living by your spirit. Help all of us, Lord, to continue, Lord, to lay aside the what's. To lay aside those things that separate. To lay aside those things, God, that cause us to, to act ungodly. Those things, God, that cause us to mistreat the vessel you've given us. God, all those things, Lord, we lift before you right now. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. Let your will be done. I give you I give you all of me. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. We thank you, Lord. I give you all. We thank you right now. I give you I give you all. We thank you for Joel, Lord, as he stands before you right now, Lord. Jesus. Lord said, take it away. Take it, take it, take it, take it. I give you all of me. I give you all of me. In the name of Jesus. I give you King Jesus. I give you all of me. So we declare, God, that Joel I give you all of me. He belongs to Jesus. You, God. The enemy cannot Jesus, have him. My Savior, Hallelujah, Lord. He's turned his heart I back toward you. you. I give you Hallelujah. You said he would no wise reject or cast out, Lord, but you receive him, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, and I pray that you would continue to empower him, Lord, to fight every battle, to fight every spirit, Lord, to stand strong against every demonic oppression and force that comes against him, Lord. God, that you would come by right now in your name, Lord, and break every stronghold. Hallelujah, we know that you're able right now. We give you praise. We give you glory for it. Hallelujah. Because the victory is here. You won the victory for us on the cross, Lord, and we thank you for it right now. Have your way, Lord God. Let your will be done. And we give you praise for it right now. Thank you, Father. Lord, we pray for each and every one of you. Hallelujah. May I give you all of me. Meet them right where they are, God. You can have it, Lord. This place of surrender, this place, Lord. You can have it all. Hallelujah. Fill every void. Hallelujah. I said, fill every void that the enemy is trying to fill with any care or fear, God. Hallelujah. That does not line up with your will and your word, your plan, your time, your purpose. Lord, I pray over each one of these individuals, Lord, that have come. 
Lord, you know individually and specifically Lord, the areas and the needs, God. You know right where they are. You know who they are, God. And Lord, we thank you right now that, God, you're already working. You're already working. You're already working. I'll seek you up. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Open doors, God. Make ways. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank Only you. what we should have is what would you have me do, God? What? What? And when he answers us, don't walk away like the rich young ruler, but do what he's telling you to do. Walk in it. And let the glory of God be made manifest as you walk into what he says for you to do. Now if you're here and you haven't given your life to Christ, I invite you to come. Amen. Maybe you need to recommit yourself. I invite you to come. Hallelujah. His arms are not short. He's still reaching out. He's still saving. He's still saving. He's still accepting. Amen. I give myself away. 